0: Just ahead on Bob's World, Vermont's Governor Phil Scott says 5,000 more COVID shots are headed our way. New Hampshire's Governor Sunudu says a max vaccination drive will take place at the Speedway in Loudoun this weekend. And our Canadian friends in Nova Scotia are frustrated the neighbors in New Brunswick still have tight restrictions on going back and forth. Especially if you live right on the line between the two. Another beautiful day in the great northeast, warmer inland, cooler at the coast after those locations started with morning fog. Bob's World is next.
1: Hey hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
0: This is Bob's World, Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch, and here's what's happening. Vermont health officials say that while one in three Vermonters is now partially vaccinated and the state is making great progress in its fight against COVID, An increase in new cases and the spread of variants still make a very delicate time. WCAX reports the state is averaging about 5,500 vaccination doses a day. On Thursday at 8.15 in the morning, Vermonters age 60 plus will be the next age group in line to register for vaccinations. Governor Phil Scott says he learned during a conference call with White House officials today that Vermont will receive an additional 5,000 doses this coming week than what was expected. Scott says Dr. Anthony Fauci told governors the AstraZeneca vaccine will likely get approval from the FDA and that he thought it was safe and effective. Fauci also told the governors that it's likely high schoolers will be eligible to get the vaccine this fall and younger kids by the first part of next year. The latest modeling shows the state reported 850 new COVID cases this past week that 61 higher than the previous week. Cases are up in the Northeast Kingdom, the counties of Orleans, Essex, and Caledonia counties, where vaccination rates are lower. The state is trying to get more shots into people's arms in the NEK. Infections are up among people 40 and under, and the Vermont Health Commissioner, Dr. Mark Levain, warned that group to protect themselves. He said he worries about long-haul COVID symptoms that just won't go away, including chronic fatigue, shortness of breath, and memory loss. As of today, Vermont health officials reported 89 new coronavirus cases for a total of 17,933. There have been a total of 220 deaths. The state's percent positive seven-day average is 1.5%. A total of 348,732 people have tested positive and 15,037 have recovered. New Hampshire's Governor Chris Sununu announced today that a second max vaccination drive will be held at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in Loudoun this weekend. New England Cable News reports the mass vaccination event will be held Saturday and Sunday, March 27 and 28. It will not be open to walk-in appointments. Appointments remain available for eligible residents to schedule on the state's new vaccine and immunization network interface, or VINI, website. New Hampshire held its first mass vaccination drive at the Speedway earlier this month. The Granite State says it hopes to vaccinate 8,000 individuals at the Speedway this weekend. The site will be open from 8 a.m. to 4:30 p.m. on both days. Appointments remain available for eligible individuals to schedule at vaccines.nh.gov or through their VINI account. Residents can also call 211 to schedule an appointment. Those with later appointments can also reschedule for an appointment at the Speedway in their VINI account. Those who don't live close to the Speedway can still select the location for an appointment but may need to expand their mile radius when doing so. Only individuals who have a confirmed appointment with the state will be able to receive the vaccine. Those without a confirmed appointment should not show up at the Speedway this weekend. Now to Atlantic Canada and Nova Scotia's decision to lift the 14-day isolation requirement for people coming in from New Brunswick has led to some confusion and frustration. CTV Atlantic reports the province of New Brunswick hasn't done the same, which makes a trip across the provincial line more complicated. The New Brunswick Legislative Assembly member for the writing of memramcook Cook Tantramar, Megan Mitten, says, quote, I've been calling on the government to open the bubble as soon as possible, and said April 19 is still a really long ways away and it needs to open as soon as possible. Mitten says New Brunswick's COVID-19 restrictions have been tough for people in her area right along the boundary. She says her office has received numerous calls from people who are asking for help. Mitten says all of the people living near the border And those living further from the border once again are confused and ultimately are seeing that these decisions aren't going to help them. On Saturday, Nova Scotia opened the boundary to New Brunswick residents, dropping the 14-day quarantine rule, but that doesn't help Port Elgin New Brunswick resident Angela Forrester. She says nobody is benefiting right now. Nova Scotia is not benefiting and neither are we because we're not coming across the border because when we have to come back, we have major restrictions. New Brunswick's Department of Health is continuing to implement the 14-day quarantine rule for anyone entering the province until the Atlantic bubble reopens, and that's April 19. Forrester says... She runs a business from her home and 30% of her clients are in Amherst or just across and 10 minutes away from her. Ron Aiken is the deputy mayor of Sackville, New Brunswick. Doesn't see the border reopening as having a positive effect on New Brunswickers. Aiken says, I think what might have been confusing people in New Brunswick is that they expected to change something and it really doesn't. Frankly, I'm at a loss to understand why Nova Scotia did that in the first place because I can't see any difference it makes to us. Many are continuing to hold on to hope that the reopening of the Atlantic bubble will reopen on time, but that could change if cases begin to rise in the Atlantic provinces. Now, to the weather, and what a beautiful day it is out there. 67 is the number we have in St. Johnsbury. The wind is out of the north. At three, gusting to seven miles an hour. The relative humidity is 15% and the dew point is 19 degrees. The barometric pressure is 30.20 inches and it is falling. The temperature rundown comes up following the weather forecast for northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire and western Maine, which for tonight is considerable cloudiness. Low 31, southern New England has lows in the 40s. Tomorrow, cloudy, high around 60. Tomorrow night, rain showers in the evening, becoming a steady light rain overnight, low near 45. Thursday, cloudy skies early, followed by partial clearing, high 69. Rain likely on Friday, high 61. And Saturday, cloudy with a high temperature of 47. At 3 p.m., the warmest spot on the map is Worcester, Massachusetts with 70. Ogdensburg, New York along the St. Lawrence River is 68. Brewster down in Putnam County 68, Montreal and Hartford, Connecticut 66, Midtown Manhattan is 63 along with Bangor, Maine also reporting 63, Boston is 54 and Chatham, Cape Cod 55. Once again the temperature in St. Johnsbury sunny 67 down to 31 tonight. This is Bob's World.
1: Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance, reminding you that when you adopt a shelter pet, you discover all the things that make them unique. Adopt Pure love at the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. We all make choices about alcohol. Kids make
0: choices whether to drink or not.
1: Bye, Dad. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, um, Remind me about that party again.
0: And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations, and they want honest answers in everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path, because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A trio of burglars cut a hole into the roof of a Brooklyn Key food store in the dead of night and stole $50,000. The New York Daily News reports the burglars, who were all dressed in black, raided the store's location on Crescent Street near Fulton Street in Cypress Hills about three Sunday morning. Police say once inside they broke into two safes and an ATM machine and made off with the loot. Police have made no arrests. In Massachusetts, the union representing its state police troopers is accusing the Massachusetts State Police of breaking state and federal labor law by intentionally miscalculating what qualifies as the officer's regular pay and, it argues, costing rank-and-file members millions a year in overtime pay. The State Police Association of Massachusetts, the powerful 1,900-member union, is seeking at least $18 million in back pay and damages in a lawsuit filed Friday in Suffolk Superior Court. The Boston Globe reports the suit, which also names Colonel Christopher Mason as a defendant, could have wide legal and fiscal ramifications for a department that already spends tens of millions of dollars on overtime each year and whose spending has come under strict scrutiny since a wide-ranging overtime fraud scandal exploded in 2018. The police union is accusing state police officials of failing to include various stipends that troopers and sergeants already receive when they calculate their regular rate of compensation, their pay excluding certain incentives. The stipends are mandatory, the union argued, and can range from an annual seven hundred fifty dollar clothing allowance to A $40 a workday commuting stipend for certain troopers. As recently as January, the Massachusetts State Police informed employees bound by the department's collective bargaining agreement that they all would receive an annual $700 hazardous duty bonus, evidence the union said that despite being labeled a bonus, it's not discretionary. A drive-in movie theater Is coming to the Eastern States Expo in West Springfield, Massachusetts, also known as the Big E Fairgrounds, for the spring and the summer, and will then reopen again in the fall and winter for holiday experiences. NBC Connecticut reports the West Springfield Drive In is partnering with the Eastern States Expo to open a drive in at the fairgrounds there. The drive in will feature two 45 by 60 feet screens and will be able to accommodate 300 cars, each in a safe, socially distant way. The drive-in will be located in the Gate 9 parking area, and will be able to show new release content. They added it also plans to be able to special live-stream concerts and other events. Officials say the drive-in will open April 23rd, and will, will be open on weekends through the spring, and then seven days a week during the summer through Labor Day. The movies are expected to begin at a time consistent with sunset. The drive-in is expected to close for the Big E, which is scheduled for September 17th through October 3rd and will then reopen again in October through December for holiday-themed experiences. A full concession stand will be available with popular fair foods such as fried dough, fried Oreos, and cotton candy. Birthdays and this day in history are next on Bob's World.
1: Matthew. Uh, Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
0: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
1: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you. And I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years,
0: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Birthdays on this Tuesday, March the 23rd, are movie director, Mark Rydell, 91, Motorsports Hall of Famer Craig Breedlove is 83. Former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is 68 years old today. Singer Shaka Khan is 67. Actress Amanda Plummer, 63. Actress Hope Davis is 56. Actress-singer Melissa Errico 50. Michelle Monaghan 44. Gossip blogger Perez Hilton. Is 42. An NBA point guard, Kiri Irving, is 28. It is a short birthday list today. Here's Shaka Khan's biggest hit from 1978. (laughs) That's Shaka Khan, and I'm every woman from the album Shaka. It was Khan's first hit outside her recordings with the funk band Rufus. You're listening to Bob's World on a Tuesday afternoon. In 1775, Patrick Henry delivered on this date an address to the Virginia Provincial Convention in which he is said to have declared, Give me liberty or give me death. 1806, explorers Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, having reached the Pacific coast, began their journey back east. 1919, Benito Mussolini founded his fascist political movement in Milan, Italy. 1933, the German Reichstag adopted the Enabling Act, which effectively granted Adolf Hitler dictatorial powers. 1965, America's first two-person space mission took place as Gemini 3 blasted off with astronauts Virgil, Gus, Grisham, and John W. Young aboard for a nearly five-hour flight. 2003, during the Iraq War, a U.S. Army maintenance convoy was ambushed in Naraja. Eleven soldiers were killed. Six were captured, including Private Jessica Lynch, who was rescued April 1st. In 2005, truck driver Tyrone Williams was convicted in federal court in Houston for his role in the 2003 deaths of 19 immigrants he was smuggling across Texas. After initially receiving a life sentence, Williams was resentenced January 2011 to nearly 34 years in prison. In 2010, claiming a historic triumph, President Obama signed a $938 billion health care overhaul declaring a new season in America. In 2011, Academy Award winning actress Elizabeth Taylor died in Los Angeles. She was 79. And the number one song this week in 1985 is from Mario Speedwagon. And I can't fight this feeling anymore. You're listening to Bob's World on a Thursday. No, make that Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, getting ahead of myself. The clock reads 3.52 as I'm recording this. number one song this week in
1: 1985,
0: REO Speedwagon and I Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore. Finally, on this Tuesday edition, a foul ball ricocheted into a fan's beer during a spring training game at Diablo Stadium in Tempe, Arizona, showering the section with beer sounds like another song, but I don't have it queued up. Oakland Athletics catcher Sean Murphy drilled a foul ball into the stands where it smashed a fan's beer, sending a spray of liquid over the section. Los Angeles Angels posted a replay on Twitter. The fan received more beer and a bad autograph by center fielder Mike Trout. Mike Trout? Why can't we have players like that? Thank you, Bob Lobel, for that quote. Photographer Mark Rieblas captured images at the moment of impact and the resulting spray. Reblas posted on Twitter, Felt bad for his $12 loss until the Angels delivered more beer and Mike Trout signed a bet. That's Bob's World on a Tuesday. March the 23rd, 2021. Remember our feedback phone is area code 802-467-0212 from overseas, you can send me an email. Robert.Welch0520 at gmail.com. I'm Bob Welch. Thanks for listening.